1: Hi, and welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. I'm Snowden Bishop. I'm happy you could join us. In our last interview with Jessica Chandler and Denise Mahaffey, we discussed some of the insidious ways in which toxic contaminants turn up in soil substrates commonly used to grow fruits, vegetables, and cannabis. We also talked about the importance of testing at every point in the supply chain from seed to sale. Otherwise, what's to protect patients from toxins, heavy metals, and pathogens that have serious health ramifications? We also touched on ways in which consumers can protect themselves by demanding certificates of analysis from manufacturers of every cannabis product before buying it just to ensure that it's safe. The cannabis industry has, for the most part, been hyper-vigilant about self-testing for obvious reasons, compliance with state regulations would be one, and earning consumer trust being the other. But on the other hand, the pharmaceutical industry has been shrouded in secrecy. It's rare for a drug company to automatically make a certificate of analysis available for public examination, and even more rare for patients to request one which seems counterintuitive considering how few of us know where, how, or with what raw materials our prescription drugs are made. And with the exception of regulation by the FDA and DEA, there's really little accountability. It seems strange that we vest so much trust in an industry we know so little about, and more so given that the industry can be blamed for hundreds of thousands of lost lives Not to mention the presence of toxins and pathogens that really the human body wasn't designed to safely process. The same can be said for vaccines. While inoculations are mandatory in some states, the manufacturers are not required to disclose the binders that carry the pathogens that are injected directly into the bloodstream. Over the last decade, the number of vaccinations required has increased exponentially, as has the number of children who are being diagnosed with pediatric asthma, autoimmune conditions, and autism, which were far less common before the required number of inoculations increased. To be clear, there's no definitive proof that vaccines cause any of these conditions. However, like so many pharmaceutical drugs, They've come under scrutiny due to the incidental correlation between the onset of symptoms and the date of injection. Despite the public consternation, there's little information about the molecular composition and methods used to harvest pathogens, which begs yet another question, why not? If I were a conspiracy theorist, I could hazard a guess that there are dozens of reasons Not the least of which would point to the autonomy vested in the industry by regulatory agencies that kowtow to their powerful lobbies. All things considered, there is a reason why pharmaceutical industry is so shrouded in secrecy. Full disclosure about their methods, sources, and materials could expose them to liability. And what's more, they could be held accountable. That's the topic of today's show, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest, Dr. Judy Mikovits. For nearly three decades, she was a researcher at the National Institute of Cancer, and she specialized in retroviruses and developing new drug pathways to deal with the insidious problem. She's also author of the book called Plague, which is an eye-opening expose of what goes on in the pharmaceutical industry and beyond. And she's written her second book now, which is called Plague of Corruption, which goes into some sort of details about how she was targeted and harassed for discovering something that could cost some of the pharmaceutical companies a great deal of money. Dr. Judy, thank you so much for being here. I'm really looking forward to delving into this with you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here,
1: soon. Your book is fascinating. And like I've told you before, I really believe that this should be a New York Times bestseller. The information that you're offering is something that is just not widely known to many people. And I I think it's so important that everybody should know about it. But thank you for writing it.
0: yeah most of the thanks goes to Ken and lively um my co author uh he he co wrote the first book uh uh plague and Basically, when you hear me talk, you'll understand that I talk like a scientist. And he said, "Judy, if uh, and and Kent is currently a sixth-grade science teacher, but also trained um, a trained attorney, so he knows how to ask questions. So he would literally tape every word I said and turn it into a story, um, at the story that you see there. So he's just a brilliant storyteller, and um, every word of it is fact. Every word of it is on paper, and it's backed up by a as you know, hundreds of references, so um, uh, that 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 people can actually understand how that we call it. It's called the plague of corruption, and that's because there's so much corruption in medicine and science surrounding, surrounding not only the topic of the book, which is vaccine injury, um, but even... Therapeutics for vaccine injury, um, uh, which is um, uh, cannabis, and and so we're we're led to believe by a corrupt media, um, you know, uh, we're 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 uh, calling it, <laughs> you know, weed, and 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 now the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, is talking at great length about all of this vaping causing all of these horrible things, and um, it's just uh, have people not use a plant, uh, which can be used medically to uh, cure uh, a lot of the diseases caused by too much inappropriate activation of the immune system.
1: So I'm going to ask you to just give the mile high view of both books, both The Plague and Plague of Corruption. For people who haven't read The Plague and who you'd like to read Plague of Corruption once it's published, just give us a mile-high view of it.
0: Well, um, it's interesting because it all wraps around to cannabis. So you can find both books and information about them at plaguethebook.com. So the website is plaguethebook.com. And um, they're both sold on Amazon. You can pre-order the second one as soon as it's out, Plague of Corruption. Um, But the mile-high view of Plague is that in 2000, so my entire career is as a um, cancer um, scientists um, studying um, immune therapies um, for uh, diseases caused by retroviruses. That's HIV AIDS. Um, so um, my thesis actually changed the paradigm for HIV AIDS. Um, and it came, uh, it was defended on November 9, November 14, 1991. And that was a week after Magic Johnson was found to have, um, be infected with HIV. And so at that time, everyone infected with HIV was dying, um, except for a group of people using cannabis. And we can talk about that at great length. And, and, and we understand why from a scientific point of view now. Um, so um, it, at any rate, so my career is developing immune therapy and understanding how viruses dysregulate the immune system to cause disease. And so developing therapies to prevent disease immune therapies and and that would be the definition of a of a vaccine well in hiv aids the big problem was the blood supply was contaminated and of course the 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 prevailing dogma that was that it was only um gay men prostitutes iv drug users and and the viruses could only be transmitted sexually um, until of course we we learned of um ryan white the little boy and arthur ash um, um both transfusion transmitted um so the blood supply becoming contaminated so you know the 20,000 foot view of of Plague of Disease, the, the first book called Plague, um, was that we identified a new family of retroviruses. We isolated them from people with um, not only autism, um, but cancer, myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue syndrome, MECFS, cfs um, any number of cancers. It was first identified as a possibility. Um, sequences were found in prostate cancer. So so here now is uh, a new family of, of viruses which um, caused um, devastating diseases that um, didn't kill you right away as HIV AIDS did, um, but um, uh, of course um, were found, you know, we found the blood supply to be contaminated as we knew the blood supply was back in the eighties with HIV. And of course, then one of our colleagues suggested this, that this retrovirus family, because it was related to mouse cancer causing and, and neurological disease causing viruses. He said, one of the most widely, um, use products where we use mouse tissue as biological therapies, including um, vaccines. So how did a mouse virus get into humans? Well, vaccines. So our, our paper came out in one of the best journals in the world on October 8th, um, was published and peer-reviewed for, for more than six months of, you know to make sure these data were right, um, and basically it was just an oh my God, because it became obvious to us and to all of NIH and, and the governments worldwide. Um, that um, we had actually caused the, the zoonosis. That's the jumping from animals into humans of a mouse-related virus, almost certainly by not only a contaminated blood supply, um, but uh, by vaccines. And, and this virus was found in even the healthy population, so healthy or apparently healthy character um, carriers. And it's 25 times... Times what HIV was when Magic Johnson um, was found to have AIDS at the height of the epidemic in the U.S. in 1991.
1: See, that is the most frightening thing to me, uh, aside from the (laughs) cover-up that ensued, you know, subsequently. But just to think that a lot of these autoimmune diseases—and let's face it—we have an epidemic of autoimmune conditions in this country. Correct. It, and with the prevalence of all of these autoimmune diseases, the fact that this isn't like the most critical topic when it comes to public health, you know, especially from the government level, it should be, and we should be addressing it right away just so that the next generation doesn't have to be contaminated the way that, the way that we are. And there's this whole movement that has been, caused a lot of consternation in the medical community, the movement of anti-vax. And I think that what's important for people to understand is that the theory of vaccination is not what's dangerous. You know, putting these pathogens in the human body to strengthen the immune system and to uh, create antibodies within the human body, that's a very important thing. And we've eradicated a lot of diseases because of it. But the, the thing that, even the anti-vax proponents should understand is it really isn't about that. It's about the zoonosis, as you say, the way that these vaccines are made, these sort of irresponsible way that vaccines are made, we should be demanding as a public you know, changes to the way that they deliver these vaccines. And by deliver, I mean the formulas that they put into the vaccines or or the way that they're developing the pathogens, number one. But number two, another thing that I've heard is the delivery mechanism of like the the corn-based formulas, you know, with some of the, the toxins that are prevalent in corn products in general because most of them come from GMO corn. I mean, it's a problem. So what do you tell a discerning public about what they should do to try to protect the vaccine supply, number one, but number two, what can they do to protect their children if they're being forced to subject their children to vaccinations that could potentially be contaminated?
0: Well, and and they, in fact, they are contaminated and you're exactly right. And it's not Corn, in fact, that they're made in. It's, it's there, while there is corn syrup and and glyphosate, the Roundup that is associated with cancers now in a big lawsuit. The, the topic of the second book is the plague of corruption. So we found these zoonoses happening. And, and as you mentioned, you know, it's not the vaccines of old. It's not the old schedule. It's not the way they were made before. And, and what most people don't realize is that in 1986, when many of these um, injuries were becoming apparent um, with the DT, shot because of the cellular debris from animal tissue. So now they give DTAP, which means a cellular pertussis. Um, you know, to mitigate some of these injuries. But when when the the attorneys were winning all the lawsuits back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s surrounding the DTP shot, um, basically Ronald Reagan signed into law in 1986. They kind of threatened the government and the the company said we won't make your vaccines anymore and everybody will be at risk of all of these horrible diseases if you don't remove all liability so so in 1986 a law was signed in by president then president reagan to say um you know um that nobody can sue um, a a manufacturer for designed effects with vaccines and they had to go into a special court uh, to all of HHS and and now what we know because of this movement of it's called anti-vaxxers but that's really a bad um because I'm called an anti-vaxxer and 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 I correct people to say no wait a minute I've spent 40 years making drugs and, and those drugs are immune therapies um, and and those those therapies in my career is based on the the single notion that we can we can develop therapies to prevent and treat chronic disease by by appropriately modulating the immune system but it's very it's very difficult to ed, to to help the parents because now of course the big frenzy um, by by the pharmaceutical companies that that really support our press and the New York Times and everything else this is what the plague of corruption is all about and the horrible decade that that I've gone through where my career was ruined um, my my life was ruined I was almost killed several times you know and 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 all of my constitutional rights remain taken away to this day so um and and so many other doctors and scientists have lost their Lives as they try to bring inconvenient truths to, to the to the government, and, and this is over the last forty or fifty years. So, um, uh, what I say to um, parents and what we're what we're actually doing—the light at the end of the tunnel—and that's why I mentioned Magic Johnson and in, in my past um, uh, experience in the book um, is that. Um, we we can stop this and we can heal the, the victims of the plague and we can restore faith in the promise of science. And one of the ways we can do this is by making safe vaccines. And one of the ways we can do that is recognizing that these autoimmune diseases and cancers are actually acquired endocannabinoid immune deficiencies. So it's the dysregulation of our endo, our endogenous cannabinoid system. And so these plants, these phytocannabinoids can be used therapeutically to actually prevent vaccine injuries and cure um, these, um, be be part of curative therapies, or at least mitigate some of the most horrific parts of of these diseases. We can fix it um, in part with cannabis.
1: Yeah. And it looks like legal cannabis is on its way. I think that's really going to help. But let me go back to something that you said. One of the things I wanted to just have you explain really briefly is a retrovirus, from what I understand of the text in your book is basically the virus that has contaminated someone that's laying dormant until it is activated by another pathogen. Am I sort of on the track
0: there? Yes, you're. You're sort of on the track there. So a retrovirus is um, a kind of virus that actually can integrate into your DNA. It stays there. Your immune system naturally make sure like 8% of our DNA is retroviruses. So these, these viruses have enzymes that literally cut open your DNA, reverse transcribe right backwards, which is what retrovirus means, their genome, their RNA genome into DNA, then cut open your uh, DNA and insert themselves. So they can remain with you for generations. And in fact, eight percent of our genome is crippled retroviruses. So our immune system is very good at making sure they're not expressed. And and HIV is the is the retrovirus we know the most, and that it, it came from monkeys. And humans became infected with it, not contaminated, infected with it, and that, of course, was the AIDS epidemic. How the zoonosis, how the transmission from monkeys into humans happened at the level it happened in the early 80s, is is um, you know is is still a, a hot debate, and there are a lot of books written on the topic. And of course, the last chapters of of our book um, tell you that we think in fact um, that vaccines and a contaminated blood supply is how HIV spread through the human population and and not the bad behavior um, of you know, gays or prostitutes or IV drug users or whatever it was that the government told us. So it was really the plague of corruption but surrounding the HIV AIDS epidemic, and then now the the, the retroviruses that are mouse related all, um, essentially all animals and plants have retroviruses, some of which are very important in the development of a species. So they go back millions of years and they do lay dormant and they're not expressed. And, and it's really important not to activate their expression and to keep a healthy immune system so, um, so that they aren't activated. And in part, what the vaccines are doing is in people with these dormant viruses, the vaccines are waking them up so it 's just in giving vaccines to pregnant women who are already immune suppressed to cancer patients to children under under three years old who haven 't developed the mechanisms for silencing retrovirus so it 's not the, necessarily the vaccines themselves, although these animal tissues monkey kidney cells, dog cells, mouse cells, bird cells um, there 's all kinds of retroviruses um, that, um, we've discovered in the last few years, contaminating these vaccines. And, and this is what the government doesn't want you to know. This is why this is the, the, really the ferocity behind the, the, the vicious nature of this whole anti-vax campaign, because one of the most heavily contaminated vaccines is the MMR. And, um, uh the m m r the measles you know this is one of the most heavily it's the live virus vaccines chicken pox m m r um uh, some, hepatitis a some of these others that are transmitting these into our children into our into our families into pregnant women it's just um beyond comprehension and and that's why the media and the companies that the the media is owned by the pharmaceutical companies just watch all the tv same thing with new york times same thing with with um washington post the scientific journals that was perhaps the uh the thing that um I still quite can't quite get over is that our scientific journals are little more than propaganda for a pharmaceutical industry um, that wants to keep you sick.
1: Well, when we talk about the prohibition of cannabis all these years, and you look at the fact that medical schools still do not focus on the endocannabinoid system as a field of study, or they don't. Think, in fact, you know, I I think it's changing now a little bit because there's demand for the study of the endocannabinoid system. The cat's out of the bag; it's hard to put the cat back in. Right. But when you know, as recently as just last year, I think there were still only a handful of medical schools that offered more than just one course, if that. If, if not just a mention of the endocannabinoid system in the training for becoming a doctor. And one of the reasons behind that is likely the fact that medical school is really training about how to use drugs that are the pharmaceutical industry support. And right. so, I mean, there, there's been a lot of consternation about that and a lot of criticism of, of scientists and journalists who actually bring this up. (laughs) But I think with the legalization of cannabis, if it happens, you know, I don't know that it'll happen in this particular Congress. It might have to wait until the next one, depending on what happens with the Senate. But it's on the horizon. Cannabis will be legal within the next couple of years, I am pretty certain. So that might change things. But Since it does modulate a lot of the immune function in our body, the the endocannabinoid system modulates a lot of the immune function and regulates our metabolism and regulates so many things and protects us from things we didn't even realize. Explain to me how cannabis is going to support or help to eliminate the problem of these retroviruses that are being introduced through the vaccinations, like what should a parent know about getting their children on some form of cannabis or CBD at a young age? And how do you reconcile that with all of the rumors about how it's going to affect them developmentally?
0: Right yeah um it's not a fun topic, is it? Um, so, it's um well, so the it's
1: not fun, but it's important
0: <laughs> as far as as far as medical schools go, of course, the endocannabinoid system really wasn't appreciated or discovered until that we had an endogenous cannabinoid system wasn't appreciated until nineteen ninety four you know and of course we didn't know we had an endogenous opioid system so the endorphins you know in and so all of these um systems there are hundreds of molecules hundreds of receptors and the way i like to look at um the endocannabinoid system, is it's actually a dimmer switch on the immune response. So in the context of vaccines we were talking about, um, so what what's wrong with the 21st century vaccines is we give so many um so early and they have these powerful, what are called adjuvants. So they're they're additives like aluminum and mercury and other things that that make the immune system think the invader is much more dangerous than it is. And so the presence of endocannabinoid receptors on, let's just say, key immune response cells like the macrophage or the mast cell, these are your your frontline defense, your innate immune response that they, they, it tells if you can stimulate the endocannabinoid system at the same time, um, and just transiently modulate one of those, rec- block one of those receptors during vaccination, it basically sets the dimmer switch so that the flame can't get too high. So you can actually make a safe vaccine and we're, we're in the process of doing this um, in, in several large um, uh, companies and large efforts here to make a safe vaccine by literally wrapping it in molecules that will transiently block parts of the endocannabinoid system. So the, the knowledge of cannabis um, and the endocannabinoid system since it was discovered in 19... 19- um, 94 is literally tens and thousands of peer-reviewed published studies, and the and the opportunity to use those um, therapeutically. This in and and in a preventative strategy for all of these diseases we've been talking about, not just retroviral associated diseases, but autoimmune diseases associated with aluminum and and other environmental toxins and and cancer causing agents. This is the opportunity. In fact, the United States government has held the patent since 2003 using cannabis for many of these anxiety and pain disorders, among other things. So that research has been shipped overseas. Um, uh, to primarily Israel and other places have been the, the pioneers in that research, and and U.S. money's going there. Um, all the while, uh, Americans um, and and researchers are 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 still being arrested or manufacturers for for using you know even the acidic versions in in a medical form because it's considered a Schedule run drug. So, so the problem becomes it becomes legal and the pharmaceutical companies take over and develop blocking agents which of course would we know um, can kill people. We need to use the plant as a plant as a whole plant um, and and use it in the appropriate population because during development in puberty, you really need to balance the endocannabinoid system in order to in order to develop all the higher learning functions. So there is a danger to it. We don't um, prefer, we in the medical industry don't prefer recreational use because using cannabis like any plant um, or or any drug, even vaccines used at the wrong time can be extremely dangerous if you don't understand what you're doing with it. So it's it's really a double edged sword um, that you appreciate. Um, because um, it's, it's not, I don't recommend that parents um, use various CBD or, or THC CBD oils um, or, or products um, really without consulting a knowledgeable medical professional. And, and you mentioned that uh, that's not usually available. The good news is um, that breastfeeding is um, the, often the last time most um, infants and babies and people Okay. Um, receive their endogenous cannabinoids because we make anandamide is the endogenous um, THC. It, it means joy in Sanskrit. So as you probably know, so the endogenous we we can stimulate the production of your own cannabinoids and 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 avoid um, and avoid using um, phytocannabinoids, plant-based cannabinoids, and and drugs during critical times where you don't want necessary. Um, necessarily to have immunosuppression. So, um, you know, as we, if we can the the reason why I'm delighted to talk to you about this today is because if we can, if we can recognize that and, and take the stigma away from the use of plants, stop of this plant family, stop calling it weed, and and really start studying and, and using it. In there are universities, as you mentioned, um, we've long worked with Johns Hopkins University um, and, and Vincent DeMarzo, which um, who. has done an awful lot of work with cannabinoids in not only autoimmune disease, but but cancers associated with retroviruses um, like prostate cancer. And and I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the AIDS patients... um, what we found in the 80s, um, and it's the movie, The Dallas Buyers Club, kind of highlights this a little bit, but stays away from it a little bit. But when you use existing chemotherapies um, uh, in, in, and, and use at the same time um cannabis in the form of food edibles oils things like that you can actually stop some of the side effects like the the vomiting or the um, or the lack of sleep or and, and the cachexia the extreme weight loss which is you know often what kills the patient so so a rational combination of, of cannabis edibles oils um, and and even um, pills has been used very successfully at least the last decade or so, um, worldwide, um, with both synthetics and, um, plant-based, but, um, the synthetics are very, very dangerous because you're talking about critical pathways and, and, and you can actually, we, we know of deaths with some of the synthetics because if you block, for instance, um, there was a, a drug made by, uh, it doesn't matter, a drug made up for the the pain receptor known as uh TRPV1 trans receptor potential vanilloid number one and that's your hot and cold pain sensor but the drug never made it to market because you could literally put your hand in a fire and watch it burn and you would die before you felt pain. These these, these their channels, their ion channels, their G pro G couple proteins. That's the science behind it that Kent tries to take out of my book. But um <laughs> that they're very important signaling molecules on every cell in the body and it's and, and the crosstalk between the neurons the nerve cells and and the immune cells is just critical not every cell in the body every immune and and pain receptor neuron and nerve cell so it's really it's really really important to know what you're doing but in fact we've done this successfully um, for at least 30 years and and in the recognition so you know our our book plague of corruption is really about the corruption of all of medicine not only enforcing therapeutics on on people without um you know without any informed consent in dangerous drugs like the vaccine um, but like the vaccines, but also um, in preventing Americans from using and knowing and doing research and developing um, uh, cannabis as therapies for any number of things, w- um, any number of conditions, we could we could change everything with with cannabis, and we could do it tomorrow because the drugs exist.
1: You know, it's fascinating. I want to go back to something that you said about. Y- using the, the, the plant substance in its whole and the dangers of manipulating the plant substances into synthetic drugs, basically. Right. I, I just wonder, this is something I've been very concerned about with the advent of legalization of cannabis in that now it will open up doorways for pharmaceuticals to. Come in and sort of play with the plant and create something that's going to be a lot more profitable for them, but will take the um, the rather mil- miraculous nature of the plant itself out of the medicine. And Correct. I'm almost wondering if eventually, I mean, you know, we're we're at this period in history where we need to start getting back to basics and. One of the things, obviously, that that most people are concerned about if they trust science as opposed to trust, you know, political agendas is climate change. And, you know, I'm a big believer that hemp is something that could really help us get back to nature in terms of creating things without altering our lifestyle, you know, making plastics, for instance, out of, you know, hemp biomass as opposed to using you know the highly carbon consumptive and toxic uh, fossil fuels, just as an example, or you know quit deforestation to make paper or building materials and use hemp instead. So when it comes to you know transitioning into plant-based medicine, which really sustained human life for thousands and thousands of years, you know, and get away from the the toxicity of these chemicals that are being manufactured you know, en masse by pharmaceutical companies that are basically, you know, killing people left and right. I mean, it's almost genocide level um, killing that's going on with these chemicals that just aren't meant to be ingested by humans. Right. So, 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 so we almost need to, I think, there are a lot of people who might disagree with the level of regulation from the government, but the the absence of certain regulations is causing human death. And if people can just start to understand that and start put pressure putting pressure on their congressional representatives to go back and revisit some of the. Um, deregulation that's happened in certain industries and particularly in the pharmaceutical industry and start demanding that the FDA, rather than approving a drug if it has a 30% success rate, maybe they start uh, approving drugs that only pass certain criteria, like they don't cause human harm. (laughs) And the destigmatization of the cannabis plant is a good place to start. But I, I'm wondering, you know, in your experience, is there a way that a, a pharmaceutical company can adhere to nature and be as profitable rather than make these drugs that, you know, just don't consider all of these things that you've brought up in your books? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what can we yeah. do to try oh. to fix this problem?
0: A- absolutely. And, and in fact, um my my training and my first job was making cancer therapies out of plants in 1980 and so those therapies i talked about so and there are companies that exist right now that make Um, drugs out of plants that have gone away from synthetics but those companies can't get their drugs to market um, because of the corruption and the control of the pharmaceutical industries who want these synthetics and and so this is it's it's interesting because the timing is similar let's just say since the mid-60s um the timing is similar where we've moved away from plants in the 80s with um you know all of this recombinant technology and now the big oh my god is the trillions of dollars spent on on these drugs they are doing more harm than good um and in fact a a very simple change can be made because you mentioned the food and drug administration and if you think about it the Food and Drug Administration is only there for safety. They only tell you when your food is dangerous. They don't tell you, um, for for instance, they identify at a that there's a batch of spinach that has salmonella or whatever in it. They don't tell you what food to eat or what food you can't eat. Yet they gave themselves the authority to tell you not only what drug is safe to be used in whatever condition or way, and I mean the you is the medical professionals, um, but they, they tell you it, it's not you can't use certain drugs in certain things. They tell you not only safety, but efficacy. So we can simply change everything saying it's back to the medical professional and the FDA has no right to determine as long as a company proves their, their therapy is safe. um, They don't have to prove it efficacious in this cancer, that cancer, or anything else. As long as you do no harm, a doctor can use whatever they want. That would change everything. And, 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 and it is a simple fix that, that I guess, Congress senators, I don't know who has to overturn this, but, but that authority was given to, you know, the FDA gave themselves that authority, probably bolstered by pharmaceutical companies who wanted to capture the market. I've worked for a company and in 1994, the, um, I think it could be 2004. 2004, the um, government issued the Botanical Drug Guidance Act. And what that says is as long you can make a drug, not as a single agent synthetic compound, as long as you can identify all the components of the plant and show the bioactivity and again, show the safety in long-term safety studies. So I've worked for a company since 2005 um, that um, has a Fabulous natural product drug made of some mushrooms and some other plants that we know. were. I'm a plant, I make drugs out of plants. That was my original training, and so um, and you can easily add cannabis extracts to that and and understand how they act biologically. So so yes, all of medicine is broken, but there are some simple fixes because um, right now doctor medicine is being legislated by by law by you can't use this so I've, I've thought for the last five years, um, in in various courts across in, in states including Arizona and others, saying you know legalize medical cannabis for autism for children for this cancer for that cancer, um, and and we usually lose for the stigma of oh you're going to hurt them you're going to turn them into cheech and chong and dopers and and lose you know they're they'll they'll go psychotic and things like that and really the opposite is true. If if you know, um, and and, and we change medicine to to letting the doctors um, be appropriately educated and use the compounds, and there are many, many companies that can make these and are making these um, for these indications. So the FDA really needs to go away or be revamped, revamped, you know, to stop this because that's where the holdup is. This company's drug that I've been working with since 2005 still hasn't gotten FDA approval because they simply don't want to change the paradigm and, and you literally have to pay millions of dollars to get your drug in line so that they look at it and approve it. So we've gone through several safety clinical trials and other things. It's 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 disgusting really, but the the, the big pharma has has corrupted all of the drug industry, and it's it's not that we don't know how to make drugs from plant- it's that we have to it's that we have to um, allow manufacturers to make drugs from plants and stop the um, yeah, know, uh, the capture of an entire industry to make synthetics. Um, and that's what's happening. So when, when those laws change so that the pharmaceutical industry doesn't own our legislators, doesn't own our newspapers, our journals and everything else, and, and, and we in fact are free to make those drugs the way we know we can and we have been for my entire 40-year career, that's when we'll win.
1: Yeah, it's... It's astounding that the regulation of drugs and the manufacturing of drugs is conducted by people who are not healers. They are bureaucrats and...
0: And and they have a best interest. They're they're making a lot of money to not make these healing products. So my my experience in the cannabis industry is something that, you know, I'm in California right now that I now can... (laughs) I, I can't even tell you the benefit I can get from a whole plant extract, CO2 extracted, 20 bucks, you know, so after all the regulations and the licensing that the manufacturers have to get and somebody's got somebody's hands in the pockets, it probably costs the patient hundreds, if not thousands. And this is just, this is where medicine is broken. Um, it, it, it needs to end. And, and so we still give it at 20 bucks.
1: Well, it seems completely unethical, and it's just wrong, if I want to put a word to it, that millions of dollars go into subsidizing the research that's being conducted by the pharmaceutical industry in the United States, and then having received all of that money to conduct the research and develop the drugs that they are developing, then they're charging, they're basically gouging the patients and justifying it because they've had to do all of this research to get their drugs approved. But without telling you that, you know, yeah, they received subsidies to do the research to get these drugs approved. So, it, it just seems criminal almost
0: it criminal and in, and it's at every level of our government i I was exactly that I was a national cancer institute um, and and that's the by dole act of i think 1983 so baYh dole act we could repeal that act right away because what it said was that government workers and and, and government employees could patent just like I told you that government holds the patent on cannabis therapies, um, could patent their research. No, 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 I say taxpayers, Paid for my entire education. They turned the lights on in the building for the 22 years I worked at the National Cancer Institute. Um, They own the the taxpayer owns everything. There is no intellectual property in my world. It's all gods and the taxpayers. They paid for it all.
1: Yeah. Well, and the scientists are just getting the bum rap all around if they contradict the corporate interests.
0: Absolutely, the scientists are uh, uh, unless they're the ones who are bought and paid for, like you, like you said. So many of the scientists are. You know, um, we're we're not committing the crimes. We we didn't cover up the data. We didn't cut. Co- you know, and, and and my friends, but my, my you know many of my friends, you know, when when faced with the kinds of you know, decisions that we had to make for which, you know, Dr. for Dr. Rossetti and myself, there is no choice. You know, uh, there, we show all the data. We don't use statistics. We don't cover it up. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly sorry that I lost my entire life's earnings. Many of my friends, much of my family, my reputation, I'm certainly sorry about that. Um, but there's nothing, you know, many of my friends lost their lives. We, we escaped. That's why we tell the stories in plague of corruption (laughs) because some of them are quite entertaining. God has a sense of humor we like to say, but you know there there is no choice. But many, many of my colleagues in, in science and medicine simply don't know and that's why we wrote the books and that's why Dr. Rossetti and I educate on cannabis and on many other topics in in and try to educate those doctors because doctors would never ever ever want to hurt a patient and and they're being lied to just like they've had no education on 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 cannabis they've had no education on nutrition they've had no education on vaccines um so we we can we can restore faith in the promise of science. It's not science that's the problem. It's it's the corruption in science, and um, and, and unfortunately, it's the highest levels of our government, the, the very people that are supposed to be protecting your, you are profiting and, um, and, um, and 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 taking money um, while while our economy and our and the health um, of, of our families is is failing.
1: Well, we're at war with facts right now. And this is a problem that it's permeating every aspect of our society right now. And you've got people in bubbles listening to one side of a story, not getting all of the facts. And facts are irrelevant, really, when it comes to the politics of this, and especially when it comes to the special interests. So, you know, it's it's a godsend, actually, that you were able to Um, Use your intellect to bring these stories to the public. And like I said early on in this interview, you know, I really believe that the information you set forth in your books is really, really valuable and could save lives. So, and I, I hope that ultimately we get beyond this period in our history when facts are the enemy and really start paying attention to science again. I mean, I I look with astonishment every single day when I see things happening. Like you know, in 2017, when the the facts about uh, climate change were removed from the EPA website, you know, it's like why? You know, what planet are these people going to live on when they destroy this one? And Aren't these people also affected by the vaccines that we're giving children and pregnant women? Right. It just makes me wonder, you know, what kind of vacuum they must be living in, and is money that important that you have to sacrifice human life for it? It just makes no sense to me. So,
0: yeah. There's a great, well, I mean, uh, I think the, 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 the fact of the matter is, um, you know, these, these, these people are public health officials and it is worldwide. It's, it's the WHO, the world health organization. It's, it's Bill Gates, it's, uh, Rockefellers. It's, you know, it's the people who own, um, you know, that it, it is a genocide and, and, and I'd like to say it is a Holocaust. And, um, it's just you know that we've decided who who's going to be the fittest and 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 who can live and and who 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 dots i mean and, and and it's the same there's a fabulous book by david lewis called science for sale and and he's the judy mikavitz within the um environmental protection agency and you know the environmental protection agency the only thing they're protecting are the agency heads and the people um who um who know what's happening to our earth, who know the contamination of our soil, who know that, um, you know, (laughs) they're blaming the wrong people. And, 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 and there's, you know, it it, it is, it is bad, but I, I think the day is now. I think, I think we've won. I think because of things like your show, um, that, and, and, um, the, the internet, I mean, intelligent people can find, read books and find out. And, and, you know, we, we, we believe our lying eyes, you know, all we have to do is, uh, look at, um, the movie Vaxxed and now Vaxxed Two, which is the people's truth, and um, so um, you know Andy Wakefield, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, um, uh, Dell Big Tree, Polly Tommy in this in this movement, they they simply filmed the vaccine injured, showed you how many there they were, um, and and then showed you the vaccine free. So when people start realizing, how can a perfectly healthy child put somebody at risk? How can somebody who's never been injected with a pathogen be infectious? And if your vaccine works to develop immunity, which they don't, none on the market does, and none has ever been safety tested. Um, So now people can realize this because, of course, if we had Um, you know, if the vaccine works, why do you worry if my child is not vaccinated or if I'm not? Because, you know, vaccinated does not equal immune. And that's what we have learned the hard way over the last um, 40 years. And so to simply restore liability to companies, um, and 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 take away the power of these agencies that are corrupting they they have anything but our public health in in mind and uh you know we could we could balance the budget immediately just close the centers for disease control all they're doing is controlling the development of disease which is i guess their their goal because they're not preventing anything and they and um and and all they're preventing is is us from healing using um, um, using therapies like cannabis therapies which they well know will will heal and will prevent the kind of injuries we're seeing we can develop a safe vaccine and we can develop safe therapeutics from plants the way we used to it doesn't have to cost the kind of money it costs and and as you said this is just re- ridiculous. You know, I developed some of those drugs back in the 80s and they don't cost 10 cents. Why are they sh- charging $10,000? Oh,
1: such a good point. Well, it's such important information and I think that the work that you do is incredibly important and I'm so sorry that you've had to endure the the ridicule and the and and the smear campaigns and the life threats and all of those things and it just it pains me that any scientist doing their job for greater good has had to endure anything like this and you know we see a lot of holistic medical professionals you know taking their own lives and we see people ostracized, even, even USDA scientists basically exiled to Kansas away from their (laughs) laboratories because, you know, somehow they're getting in the way of corporate interests. And I mean, there's no, no other way to say that. And that's not a conspiracy theory. It's just simply a fact. Yeah. And it's inexcusable that we are tolerating this as people. And to call it a Holocaust in a way, you know, not to take away from the gravity of what happened in Germany in the, in the 40s, but really when you consider that 40,000 people a year are dying because of a handful of drugs that doctors were told by the manufacturers were safe, And they didn't have any disclosures to work with that that would say that these drugs will either kill you or create addiction that'll lead to heroin addiction. You know, it's just, it's criminal. And quite frankly, I keep thinking that they should be charged with crimes against humanity. Forget these $40 million lawsuits. It's a drop in the bucket for them.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it's the cost of doing business. No, they 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 should be charged with crimes against humanity. I, get, I gave a talk at The Truth About Cancer a few weeks ago in, in here in Anaheim, and I was asked to give the, the, the title of the talk I was asked to give was Persecution and Cover-Up and 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 i showed pictures of these criminals these heads of departments, these, these heads of NIH of NIAID of the you know pharmaceutical companies and and um you know the the list of names and i and, and the call to action was to charge them with crimes against humanity because it's so much more than and and i think the only good news behind the opioid crisis um, is that people are waking up and they can see it, and and people can are waking up and 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 realizing, you know, the FDA approved the most powerful opioid ever a few weeks ago. And it's like, you're kidding me, right? And and that, that these criminals are not prosecuted in a forty billion dollar lawsuit and it goes with it it goes with glyphosate as well, with Roundup, with Monsanto, with GMO. Um it, it's so big, but it but it could be stopped. Um you know the cost of doing business is a hundred million dollars. You know you've been causing cancer. That are that are constitutional rights. That the data have been censored. Are are very our very um, freedom for the Nuremberg Code not to be used as human test subjects when none of these vaccines have been tested. They do post licensure marketing. As you'll see when you get to the end of the book, it's criminal and it needs to all stop today. And And when our freedoms are restored, we'll use cannabis and and every other natural product and natural way of healing. And it's pretty easy. Um, That's why I always use the Magic Johnson example, because when he got infected, everybody was dying. And I never thought we could fix it. And we did. So the science is there, the, the, the compassion, the humanity, the brilliance um, is there and all we have to do. And that's why your show and shows like your show are so important, because it wakes everybody up to realize that we can have a better world, we can restore faith in the promise of science and medicine, um, and, and everybody wins everybody wins. Our economy, there's nothing about our country that that people can go back to work. People in so much pain who can't sleep, who can't eat, who can't metabolize food. Um, There just isn't any area that I can think of in health where cannabis couldn't be of value.
1: It is incredibly valuable and you are so right. Well, Dr. Judy, I am so grateful that you were able to share all of this with us today and I am getting a signal that it's time to start wrapping it up but any last thoughts before we go
0: well I just um, you know um, love what you do and 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 encourage everybody to um, you know to look into things and not not necessarily believe what you're been told um, dig a little deeper and, um, and and see where where the real truth is and 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 it might not be on your TV set
1: great advice and I thank you for that and I thank you so much for being with me today
0: it was a pleasure it's a delight to meet you
1: thank you oh well it is time to bring yet another show to a close I'd like to personally thank my guest dr. Judy Mikowitz, for sharing her insights and knowledge with us today if you'd like to learn more about her books or the work that she's doing, please visit us online at thecannabisreporter.com, click podcast to find today's episode, and that's where you'll find her bio along with information about how to connect with her. We have so many people to thank. First, I'd like to express our gratitude for our partners and radio sponsors, Canosphere Biotech, The Growers Network, and Blue Mountain Energy. We certainly couldn't be doing this without you. I'd also like to thank the team here at the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show for always making us shine. And of course, it goes without saying how much we appreciate our programming directors at XRQK Radio Network and Society Bites Radio for distributing our show. And last but not least, thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Snowden Bishop inviting you to join me again next week, same time, same place, for another episode of the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. Until we meet again, be safe, stay informed, share what you've learned, and make it a great day.